this to me is a case for silliness mm. and that is one of the main reasons it appeals to me okay. um but it's also i think a serious case for silliness mm. um and we can um yeah we'll we'll talk more about the kind of political dimensions and, and mm. ramifications of this but for those who haven't seen this movie it's about two pretty idiot girls wrapping up to mischief um and being really silly and they're grown women but they do behave like little girls welcome to open form i'm michael dentel smith two young women both named marie decide everyone is spoiled and that they too deserve to be spoiled they proceed to traipse around Prague following their every impulse and consuming all they can, perhaps in search of meaning, but more to reveal the superficiality of societal rules. This week's film is Daisies, and it was chosen by Hermione Hobie, author of two novels, 2018's Neon and Daylight and the forthcoming Virtue. So the movie opens with them kind of sitting slumped, and there are these comic robotic sound effects as they move like dolls mm. and this by the way comes after this footage of war and explosions so there's already this like bizarre disjunct between yes. these scenes of destruction which are you know genuine footage from world war ii and then these two kind of moronic daffy looking girls one of whom is wearing a flower crown very prescient mm. in terms of the, the brooklyn ladies of <laughs> 2015. And the the movie culminates in them sneaking into what we intuit to be political party headquarters mm. um, in Prague. And there is a feast laid out. And they begin in this very sort of simpering way, just like taking little bits of food and trying not to leave a trace. And then a glass cracks. And this moment reminds me of um, The Wizard of Oz, where everything mm. goes into color. Because this glass mm. cracks... And suddenly we're in color. And by the way, throughout the film, there's this really antic editing of like filters and different yeah. colors. And like, um, you know, at one point they kind of turn themselves into paper dolls. The, the, the screen mm -hmm. itself is kind of cut up. And yeah, well, they're cutting each other. And <laughs> yeah, they cut each other. Exactly. And that, that, you know, that whole like we're just paper dolls thing I find to be like very funny and kind of mordant. Um, and we can talk a little more about the, the feminism of the movie. Um, but this, this feast is one of my favorite scenes um, in, in cinema. Um, they just, so having cracked this glass, they then just kind of lose it and sort of run riot in this very playful rather than aggressive way. Um, they have a fashion show. They're kind of trampling all over the food and they leave this scene of destruction. Mm -hmm. And to my mind, this is, it's not just a case for silliness, which, you know, I, is a case I will gladly make about, you know, the need for fun and silliness yeah. and joy right now. 
So perhaps a good, you know, end of pandemic movie would be setting us up for celebrations to come, I hope. Ani to mi nejde. Tak co nám jde? Nic nám nejde. But there is this wonderful political message, which is, you know, a kind of, it's just contra the deadening communist dogma of be a good worker, you know, work mm. hard, um, do it for the state. Um, and Vera, help me out. What are we, how do we land on this pronunciation? Oh, Hitilova. Hitilova. Right. Vera Hitilova um, said she she rejected the label feminist she yeah. thought of herself as an individualist mm-hmm. um and so in part i think what we're seeing is just this you know a celebration of expression and oddness and just letting yourself misbehave rather than fall in line um and yeah all of that i find yeah. <laughs> i find incredibly appealing it's just a joyous movie and a yeah. very silly one um, but as I say, there is this, I think, real political seriousness beneath the silliness. So it's sly in that way. Yeah, I th- I've, I've seen it described as an anarchist film in some ways. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think it it may not be like uh, fully formed in terms of an like an anarchist politic, right. uh, you right. know, but there's the sense of Vera Hitilova wanting to <laughs> essentially say like, look, there are a number of rules that govern us. There are a number of different social mores that we've yeah. all sort of come to accept and like, and almost see as a version of like sophistication, a way of moving <laughs> through the world that like decorum. De- decorum that confers respectability, that all of these things. Yeah. But if you're seeing a rule that does not suit you, it is okay to break it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I would say that the, the movie is um, anarchic in energy, but I'm not sure it's politics, as you say, a strictly mm. speaking anarchist. Um, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, you know, like most <laughs> good works of art, it is, um, it's not dogmatic in its politics, mm. it's open to interpretation. And yeah, that, that too is part of the pleasure of it. Um, but what was your take on its yeah, I mean, well, there's a number of different things I want to discuss with you. Yeah. Um, but I think I'll start where um, they the, the very beginning where they're saying, you know, the world is spoiled and yes. now we're going to be spoiled as well. And I think it, it's like what plays out is sort of uh, working with this sort of dual meaning of spoiled, right? Yeah, like, that's uh, so they're looking at a world... Uh, that you know, as you said, they go out with these like presumably wealthy older men uh, who want their attention, obviously, as these young pretty idiots, as you put it. Uh, but you know, they they gorge on everything, all of the decadence yeah. of of this world. Oh. But like, what they're doing is not just you know in you know the enjoying of the spoils of the world they're spoiling it for everyone else right like they're taking it away they're taking away the pleasure that these men might have uh from their company or a hopeful uh you know sexual contact with them uh you know they're just like no you don't get to enjoy this we have decided that we are the center of the world now and right, that we, right. we get to take on all of this and that you are you are going to be responsible for providing it for us you know absolutely yeah um, they're these charming little monsters i mean in those <laughs> scenes with the rich dudes i find 
the kind of literalization of the term sugar daddy quite funny mm-hmm. and you know sugar daddy probably doesn't exist as a, mm-hmm. a term in Czechoslovakian but they uh they really love cake. You know? <laughs> they're, like, they're just all about the sugar. <laughs> indeed, indeed. In, its, in a literal sense. Nevadí. Zkusit se má všechno. But I think, you know, I think of that also playing off what one of them says in the beginning where they said, I'm a doll. Yeah. And like sort of literalizing that in the way that she's you know, positioned, she's sitting and that she's put yep. the flower crown on. Uh, but you think about a doll, a doll is both this, it's it's an inanimate object that requires an outside force to animate it, right? Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're seeing though, basically her becoming a sentient doll, right? Like she's, it, there's um, forces obviously that precede the film acting on her, on her in, in uh, you know, producing this feeling uh, yep. of what the what the world has to offer and what what place she has in it, uh, but then she is taking it upon herself to then act out <laughs> of, exactly. of, the, of the expectation. Exactly, exactly, and I think um, there's something kind of doubly parodic about the doll thing because there are these grown women playing at the little girls that patriarchy kind of makes them to be. Little mm. girls or dolls in that they are, you know, robbed of their power. They are seen as objects. Um, mm. You know, they are kind of the trophies of these bewildered um, older men who then lose their patience with them. Um, but they're also, uh, they also find freedom in kind of acting out, as you say, mm. and kind of acting like little dolls or little girls who are blameless. And there is something you know, obnoxious about this, of course. They're just like little terrors. Mm. But there's also something, to me at least, possibly because I'm too much of a good girl, not a bad girl, that I find irresistible. Mm. You know, they're just, they're like children and they're playing and there is mm-hmm. just something so charming about seeing people have this much fun. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to like throw cake at each other and then like stomp across the table and swing on a chandelier in a glorious literalization of a Sia song. Um, I mean, it's just, there's just so much fun in it. So I think there's, there's this real uneasiness because yeah, they are, as you say, spoiling it for everyone else, but it just looks so appealing yeah. to do all these things. But, and in, but even in that, like what you said about them being children, yeah. they, as children do with all of the fun that is present there, they get bored of it quickly. Right? Like they're, they're just like, this isn't bringing me the pleasure that it once did. And it's, it, it's, I think uh, they said to each other, this is the fifth one that has, has left and they, they're not having yeah. fun anymore. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is <laughs> Yeah. They're treating the men like toys, but they get very tired of their playthings. Yeah. 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 And I think it's just sort of like, that's where sort of this ambiguity uh, comes in where it's just like, there are limits to whether or not like the, the indulgence of all of your whims, all of your pleasure, like will actually continue to bring you any pleasure. Completely, completely. Yeah, they're all kind of, you know, Dionysian, anarchic, liberation and chaos, um, but (laughs) just devoid of any, you know, disciplining forces through which we find actual freedom. Um, The, I mean, I hope this isn't sort of a, you know, too much of a spoiler for anyone listening. It's not exactly... Spoilers abound. 
Okay, good. It's also like, it's no plot twist, you know? <laughs> like, who done it? <laughs> no, they did it. Um, I find it so interesting that at the end, after they've, you know, wrought havoc upon this staid um, banquet scene, we see them, like, they're in water, so there's a suggestion that they're kind of dumped mm. like witches, and and then they're refused help. You know, there's that quite yeah. funny scene where they're kind of bobbing on the, the oars or the big poles. And then there is this, I mean, I just find the movie, it's like, it's just such a spirited movie. It has such a strong sense of, I just have such a strong sense of the personality of this movie and the mm. personality behind it in its humor. Because after all this destruction, it's like a, a parody of a morality tale in that they're then you know, there's this sense of a kind of wagging finger telling them to clean up and do it right. Mm -hmm. So then we have this scene where they're kind of, these scenes where they're sort of speeded up and they're whispering, I think something like, you know, got to make it all nice and good, like work hard and be yeah, good. Yeah, work hard. And of course this, yeah, this is like biting in terms of, you know, the kind of iron curtain ideals of, mm -hmm. you know, just work hard and be good and there's your fulfillment, like forget pleasure. Right. You know, it's all about you know, staccanovite zeal or whatever. Um, and, but I find it so funny the way that they tidy up. I mean, they're just both of them. Neither of them were professional actresses, but I think they just both are amazing physical performers. Mm. So we see them tidying up and their tidying up is a child's idea of tidying up. So, yeah. you know, when they put together the plates, they just arrange the shards in a, you know, approximation of a plate shape. And then all the food is like disgusting and mushed up, but they kind of, scrape it onto a tray yeah. and mold it so they've kind of rebuilt it in this um travesty of the feast you know mm. we just see it yeah i mean it's kind of an artwork this like mutilated thing then rebuilt but parodically because of course it falls so obviously egregiously short of the perfect original yeah. um that that really sticks with me that that bit how did that I don't know. How did that I, land with you? I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'll take the whole thing and sort of like looking at, you know, when they enter this dining hall and presented with this, I mean, massive <laughs> decadent feast, right? That they yeah. then, that they then spoil uh, before anyone else can, can touch it. Um, a thing that stood out to me though, and maybe I, I don't know if this is an, even an, I don't know. I, what I kept looking at and what I kept uh, focusing on was their eye makeup. Oh, yeah. And that they're, yeah. <laughs> they're made up like raccoons. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, and, and it's not so much, it's not just that, like, obviously, like, they're rummaging through in, in all of this. But, like, if you think of what a raccoon is, is or what we'd see, like, raccoons rummaging through trash. And, like, so then you've yeah. rendered this, like, clearly expensive decadent feast as trash right like it's not something to yeah. be coveted at all um yeah. and i think you know that's sort of playing into to some of the what may be more clearer politics of, of the film uh even though yeah. it's still it's still the uh still a bit ambiguous there um yeah. because like what you because what you say about the next scene right like they get dumped into this water and it's like, this is your punishment for having done so, right? For having like destroyed this feast. 
and yeah. you must go back. Like they, they feel bad in this, like, yeah. right? Like they have to go back and they have to fix it. They have yeah. to replace the curtains. They have to, uh, you know, yeah. get get the plates back together. But there's an impossible. There's an impossibility to that. There's no way yeah. to get back what what they've destroyed. Exactly. Exactly. And I felt like they don't feel bad. Like they're kind mm. of they're kind of taking the piss. They're like playing at being good little workers who are tidying up but there is something um yeah satirical about that whole moment i think there's a few sequences that come before that that it feels like uh informs the way uh, they approach all of the the food that they're presented with because yeah. you know they do go through this this moment where uh, in the very beginning of the film they like uh, disrupt this uh, performance these two dancers doing the Charleston oh, yeah. and they're like blowing straw the paper off the straw yeah. and the, a different audience and yeah. they're like blowing bubbles and like feeling. everyone is paying attention to them. Uh, yeah. And then later, they're like in a field and they've stolen all of this like corn and carrots and things. And then they're like, yes. why did no one pay attention to us? It's like there's, they, they've run the course of what, what their yeah. destructive behavior, what the level of attention that their destructive behavior will garner them. Uh, uh -huh. And then they start to wonder and like have this sort of existential dread of like, do we exist? Yes. Is there any proof that we exist? Is anyone like validating our existence? Yes, and they, yes, they yes. look behind themselves and they've left like all of these corn husks and they're like, there, there's the evidence that you exist. And it's like, okay, the evidence of your existence is this uh, consumption and like, the waste. The yeah. You know, yeah. and then I think that their, their worry uh, in that, and that that uh, in the penultimate scene in which they're they're destroying the feast is like you know here is a proof that we exist right like uh -huh. we have taken we're doing exactly what we've learned that like oh by wasting things we can prove we can leave okay. evidence of our our having been here of our yeah. being just you know yeah. and then but then it's like we're punished for that like we're punished <laughs> for uh, adopting the lesson that we've learned that we only exist through waste or yeah. the, the leaving the evidence of our waste. Um, and so now we have to, to adjust. We have to learn something new, even though that, that neither, neither thing has brought them any fulfillment. They're, like, they're laying there after they've cleaned up and they're like, we're happy, right? Like, we're happy now. And they're like, are we pretending? We're happy though, right? Yeah. I mean, I think what, one of the things that's extraordinary about this movie is that, you know, particularly based on what you just said, these these, um, you know, this idea of, oh, we only exist through waste, like, the, you know, our, our proof of existence is in consumption. Um, I mean, that to me just sounds like, okay, this is a, you know, very clear critique of bourgeois values mm -hmm. and capitalism. But then so much else in the movie suggests, you know, this riotousness, this individualism, um, this kind of silliness for the sake of silliness, all this suggests, in fact, you know, uh, a kind of damning of well, yeah, as I said earlier, you know, kind of rigid um, communist rule. Um, it's so amazing that she gets away with it, that she's she's doing both these things at the mm. same time. Ty nevíš, co to pro mě znamená. Já jsem se do tebe asi zamiloval. 
Julie. Není tady někde něco k jídlu? Aspoň trochu marmády, kdyby bylo. Oh, yeah, we talk a bit about feminism? That's we we I should. I, 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 you know, you mentioned <laughs> she, uh, Vera Kitlovia. <laughs> That's right. That's what we landed on, right? Kitlovia. Uh, yeah. Has resisted, resisted calling this film feminist. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was puzzling over why that was. And it might just be um, for the, you know, a reason not peculiar to her, but kind of common to a lot of women of that era, which is that if you call yourself feminist, then you're limiting yourself, basically. Mm. You're branded as a feminist, particularly then, then people aren't interested in your work. And, you know, she was the one woman at Prague's film school. Um, it's not as though, you know, she had this necessary luxury of being surrounded by other women. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I'm sounding a bit like an apologist right now. <laughs> But I also think... I, uh, you know, I see critique of patriarchy in this movie and, you know, in that mm -hmm. moment where they're just skipping down the street, like singing, we exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a very broad way, that to me seems like a kind of quasi-feminist affirmation. You mm -hmm. know, it's like we are beings. Yes. Like, yes, we may be <laughs> silly and ridiculous, but we exist. We're human beings existing. Um, but I suppose that, you know, in 1966, um, the, the oppressive weight of, you know, party rule and dogma probably loomed larger than that of patriarchal oppression. You know, mm. there was just like a more urgent or more visible thing to be pushing sure. against. And of course, you know, those two cannot be, um, you know, summarily extricated from one another. But yeah, as I was thinking about her resistance to, to the word feminism, I was like, well, yeah, well, maybe she just had bigger problems, you know, in the Czechoslovakia of 66. And there is something, you know, historically, there's something poignant about this movie in the, you know, the, um, the Russians invade in 68, and then mm. she's just kind of silenced, like, that's it. And this yeah. movie um, is banned for the wastage of food, you know, that was seen as yeah. very uh, anti prevailing government attitude. It just speaks again to like, and I've said this over and over again, but the ambiguity of the film and like what its politics actually are, because it's yeah. like, they recognize that there's something, there's something disruptive. There's something that is potentially dangerous about this film, but we can't quite nail it. Totally. So what we're totally. going to knock it for is it's wasting food. What's the um? What's the Bob Dylan line? We, where he's like, you know, something is happening here, uh, Mr. And I Jones. don't know what it is. Do you, yeah. Mr. Jones? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she dedicates this movie, and it's such a lovely mocking dedication. Mm. Um, I'm gonna read this quote to all those whose sole source of indignation is a trampled on trifle. Um, so my sense from that is, you know, particularly going on the fact that the movie is bookended by these yes. scenes of true um, wartime destruction, that she's saying, listen, how can you be mad about a couple of young women having fun when there right. <laughs> there's much worse stuff going on in like, the world? Yeah, how can you be mad of these young women having fun, asserting their individuality, uh, bucking the, the mores of bourgeois society, which they yeah. like, have seem to have no 
they have no impact on anyone's actual pleasure or whether or not you feel good, whether or not you exist, right? Like yeah. they, they, they yeah. don't leave evidence of your existence, right? Like what, how could you be so horrified by this, what's just happened between the footage when the footage itself, the, the footage of war is not necessarily upsetting you? Like if, if that's your takeaway. Yeah, exactly. That is a enduringly pertinent question, <laughs> you know, in terms of the things we get upset about and where we put our attention and all the rest. I mean, I think the thing that, I think all these political discussions are entirely legitimate, of course, but I think a person could watch this movie with, you know, no knowledge of, um, you know, the, the backdrop and um, the time period and mm -hmm. delight in it purely as a celebration of playfulness and chaos and like childlike anarchy. I, I have this memory of seeing it at Metrograph and um, the, like something happened with the reels. Mm. So it kind of like fucked up and started playing again two thirds of the way through, which was actually entirely appropriate, you know, to mm. the kind of messy, <laughs> chaotic yeah. style of the movie. It was a, yeah, kind of serendipitous experience. I mean, confusing. Um, and that it seemed like the movie was just on loop. Like, and I think everyone was awkwardly wondering whether they should leave and, mm. you know, seemed like maybe the ghost of Chitilova was uh, mm. haunting it. <laughs> Hermione, what's one lasting image that sticks with you from daisies? I just, um, I actually just screen grabbed this and put it on my Instagram stories. <laughs> The image it is by no means the most profound image or profound moment of this um, slyly profound silly movie, but there's just this shot I love of um, one of the two Maries, both of them are called Marie, mm -hmm. um, the one with the flower crown, sitting at dinner, um, and her her crown is lopsided and askew, which mm. is somehow charming, and she's you know her face is stuffed with cream cake. And she's just saying, I love food. <laughs> that to me is just an image of pure joy and just such a benign fuck you to ladylikeness. Mm. Um, you know, food for most women, alas, has some kind of emotional freight, often mm. a negative one. And there is something quietly subversive about these scenes yeah. of women just happily stuffing their faces in a non-pathological way, just mm -hmm. with glee. Um, I find that joyful. <laughs> Hermione, thanks for joining me. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Open Forum, a podcast from Lit Hub Radio, produced by Justin Alvarez and hosted by me, Michael Gentleman. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe to Open Forum wherever you get your podcasts and or sign up for the Lit Hub newsletter to stay up to date on our latest episodes. Next week, the third film in what became an unlikely franchise about an Italian-American boxer from Philly.